Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This is the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. The Cowboys certainly put the brakes on the Jets yesterday, but as much as they look like the best team in the NFC, maybe we're not there yet. It is Joe Fortenbaugh and me, Chris Carlin. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series 6M, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Joseph, welcome to a new week and plenty more of football to discuss, and we will begin in Dallas, my friend. How are you? I am great. Thank you to the Buffalo Bills for winning and winning easy yesterday. That means my mustache is still in play as my survivor pick has advanced to week three. So a special shout out to everybody in Buffalo for handling their business yesterday. Carlin, it's a pleasure to be with you today. I love when we have these pre-show meetings where we have so many topics. Our cup overfloweth. Today is going to be an awesome show. Accurate. Accurate on all fronts. Let's get to it. Cowboys absolutely dominated the New York Jets yesterday. There wasn't anything worth discussing uh, much more than the fact that the Jets were inept offensively. Nothing surprising there. The Cowboys off of week one, as good as they looked on the defensive side against the Giants, continued to establish that dominance. And boy, Joe, I hate to say this, okay, but I will. They do look like they're trying to prove a point here early. They do look like they are trying to drive home that this is going to be a long year for anybody else in the NFC. It's not actually true, but they are trying to deliver an early message with the way they're playing. Two games, two wins, both very convincing. Prescott looked very good yesterday. More on that in a moment. And ultimately, a team that was projected to be good this year has gone out, and they've played well. They've been good. San Francisco also 2-0. Maybe it wasn't as impressive yesterday, but it's a win, and a win's a win in the NFL. Same thing with Philadelphia, right? They haven't looked overly impressive, but they're 2-0. They're handling their business. Before we even consider the idea of anointing Dallas the best team in the NFL, let's acknowledge the fact that they've beaten nobody. All right? They've beaten absolutely nobody. The Giants stink. That comeback yesterday, it's Arizona. The broadcast was going nuts for, like, how historic this comeback was. It's Arizona, and more importantly, it's Jonathan Gannon. Jonathan Gannon is the master of the second-half meltdown. He was the defensive coordinator of the Philadelphia Eagles when his defense melted down in the second half of the Super Bowl against Kansas City. Four possessions for the Chiefs in the second half. They scored on all four. 24 total points. It was enough to win the game. His team, now that he oversees Arizona, melted down in the fourth quarter last week against the Commanders, and they melted down yesterday. Beating the Giants, 40 to nothing, sure, impressive, but the Giants, that doesn't mean anything. And now you're beating Zach Wilson. Let's put that in the context. Wilson is 8 and 15 as a starter in the NFL. 8 and 15. Dallas beat him by 20. All right. His 15 losses have come by an average of 13 points per game. So it's not like you really went above and beyond what we're used to seeing when Zach Wilson starts at quarterback. What we're used to seeing is that he will go out. He will play poorly. His team will lose. They will lose by double digits. Yesterday, he went out. He played poorly. His team lost. They lost by double digits. 
Dallas has handled their business, but this idea that we're suddenly going to anoint them the best team in the NFL after beating the Giants and the Jets, we can pump the brakes on that one. Yes, we absolutely can. I couldn't agree more. They have and that's a walk-off take. I am done for the rest of the show. Thanks for having me. I'll catch you tomorrow. Carlin versus Joe, noon to 3 p.m. Eastern. Lunchtime. Let's go. Uh, listen. <laughs> Let's have lunch. Yep. Here's the thing. They've done it in convincing fashion in handling mm-hmm. their business. It's, this is what they're supposed to do, so I'm not going to knock them for it. But if you if you are walking around thinking that they're the best team in the NFC, I would point to the Philadelphia Eagles, who have played two tougher opponents so far. And the Eagles, not, not by much with the Vikings, but tougher. But the Eagles haven't even played well yet, and they're 2-0. and San Francisco got more than they expected from the Rams, who may be a little bit better than we actually thought. Yeah, it may and, have been wrong on that one. Uh, yeah, it's, I mean, I think America's been wrong on that one. They're starting to show as a younger team they're coming around quicker. But anyway, we'll get to that later. San Francisco still above the Cowboys at this point. And it's not a knock on Dallas. Just don't take it that way. Take what's going on and run with it. Yesterday... The defense was dominant, but Joe, let's be clear. They didn't have to be on the field very much because they were dominant. I mean, Zach Wilson and the Jets had one first down in the first quarter, and it was because of a fake punt. I mean, (laughs) what are we doing? The special teams were far more effective offensively than the Jet offense yesterday. Yes, exactly. The Cowboys had 42 minutes in time of possession, and that's part of it's because the Jet defense wasn't nearly as good, but part of it was because they were on the field for 40-plus minutes. The last time somebody lost a game in the NFL when they had the ball more than 42 minutes was 2009. That wasn't going to happen yesterday. So as good as the Cowboys are right now, I, I caution you to get too far ahead of your skis, but there is no denying the level at which their defense is playing at the moment. Here's Mike McCarthy. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we're off to an outstanding start. Uh, I, you know, the, the pressure and the takeaways are an, an incredible level after after two games. So, um, but you know, I, I, this this group has has taken it up a notch clearly uh, from last year. Um, you know, and I think from top to bottom. Joe. I would use the word frightening when it comes to the Cowboys pass rush. I mean, it is absolutely absurd. I mean, Dwayne Brown yesterday never stood a chance against Micah Parsons as he is just circling around him every single time. It was just inept on the Jets part. Amazing on the Cowboys part. I want to. I, I think the Cowboys are going to be able to put pressure on anybody. There's not a lot of great offensive line play in the league, and maybe they would have a little bit more trouble and be challenged by the Eagles, but this is going to be one thing that if they are to climb to that level this season, which we won't put them there until the postseason, that's going to be a big reason why. Eagles offensive line is going to be a great challenge for them. I very much look forward to those matchups. Uh, historically, that was a an incredible defensive performance yesterday. Dallas generated pressure on 58% of Wilson's dropbacks, 58%. That that number, I, I think that's one of the second high. It, it, you don't see that. No, you More don't. than half of the dropbacks featured pressure. Like, how are you going to get anything going there? But again, we all know the Jets' offensive line isn't any good, and the quarterback isn't any good. So there are going to be people listening to this right now saying, Carlin's a Steelers fan. 
Fortinball is an Eagles fan. They're just taking shots at the Cowboys because they don't like them. I'll give them their roses. I'm not going to sit here and talk about how they're the best team in the After NFL. Week two. Yeah, you beat <laughs> Daniel Jones, you beat Zach Wilson. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if I'm not going to get overly excited considering you were supposed to be good. But I'll say this. Dak Prescott looked fantastic yesterday. Dak Prescott looked fantastic. He did exactly what he needed to do. He took one sack against that what was supposed to be this Super Bowl-level defense that all we heard about from them, that they were in the conversation with the 85 Bears and the Ravens and the Legion of Boom. Yeah, not, not really. One sack he took yesterday. He didn't turn the ball over a single time. He completed 81% of his passes, and the Cowboys converted 50% of their third downs. Yep. Now, I understand that the Jets' defense was on the field for 40-plus minutes, so late in the game they're going to be tired, but didn't look like much of a problem early in the game either when they were plenty rested. No. If Prescott can play close to this, he doesn't need to complete 80% of his passes in every game, but if he plays mistake free football and is effective like this on third down so his defense can get the rest they need to perform well for four quarters this is going to be a very difficult out throughout the regular season and the playoffs Prescott is playing very well and that's where I'll give them their roses yeah and they went right down the field on the opening drive and when you give that defense against that quarterback an early lead it's going to go a long way. Here's Prescott on that notion. You know, going out there, knowing that we can go get seven points, we can be successful in our first drive and uh, allow the defense to play with a lead. I mean, just back-to-back weeks now, you see when we get a couple of score lead, how tough it is on the other team, making them more dimensional then our guys can go high as the pass rushers and uh, just sets up the way that exactly how we want to play. So um, it's just fitting. As you look at them right now, when do the first real challenges start to come? Where do, when is it fair to say that we know the Cowboys are at that Super Bowl level this year? Let's take away the playoff losses in the years past. As we're truly trying to evaluate a team objectively, when is it exactly that we could sit here and say, okay, this is an elite team in 2023, they've got a great opportunity to do something special. Because it's not going to be this week when they've got Arizona. Oh, no? no. Oh, no, it's not going to be against Arizona, who no. played just so well in the second half yesterday? I think the first time is going to be in San Francisco in a few weeks. Yeah. Sunday, October 8th, week five, they're at the Niners. That's definitely a big test. That's Sunday night football. I think it's one, two, three, four weeks after that. They, they're at Philadelphia, Sunday, November 5th. That's a big test. For me, it always comes down to the same thing with the Cowboys. You can win 15 games in the regular season. I can be impressed by that. I need to see you beat a good team in the postseason. That's what I need. I need to see you. And if you do this in the regular season, then I'll start to come around. But if it's late fourth quarter against San Francisco, you're down by four there's about three minutes to go, and Prescott engineers a game-winning drive where they score a touchdown to win the game, and McCarthy doesn't blow it with the game management, then I'm going to start to to pay respects because that's always what's gotten them. Yeah, Good oh. competition in crucial spots, them not being able to execute and deliver. Once I start to see that they've overcome that, that's when I'll, I'll, I'll change my tune. For right now, very good football team, two very good performances, but this is Zen Monday. Carlin versus Joe is all about Zen Monday. We do not overreact on Mondays like the morning show. Canty screaming and yelling about everything, getting himself all worked up into a tizzy, getting the, the blood pressure way too high. His doctors don't like it. Zen Monday around here. We don't overreact. We're measured right. and responsible. Quite measured, quite responsible. For instance, very Zen Monday for the Chargers. <laughs> Zen Monday for the Cardinals. 
Yeah. Incredibly zen Monday for the Cincinnati Bengals. Oof. Namaste, amigos. No. <laughs> Namaste. Everything is just fine. Carlin nice versus calm. Joe. ESPN Radio. Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. <laughs> Joe, you know, Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. Dear God, we are just getting started today, let alone what's happening later in the day. Just to give you an idea. First of all, you got Monday Night Countdown beginning at a special time with the old doubleheader team. Tonight at 7 and 8, you got the Saints and the Carolina Panthers. You got Cleveland and Pittsburgh Saints, Carolina. That game is at 7.15 on ESPN. Pittsburgh, Cleveland in Pittsburgh, 8.15 p.m. Eastern on ABC. Then, later, you have got Freddie and Harry visiting with a certain quarterback of the Minnesota Vikings who everybody wants to see on the move. Kirk Cousins is going to join them uh, later on as well. But we have more coming back on the Cowboys looking like the best team in the NFL. But who's the biggest challenge? We've got more than a couple already. But one answer is definitely going to surprise you. You get it next. Carlin versus Joe, just getting the ball rolling on ESPN Radio and the ESPN. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Oh, 
Kosicki, but he's not going to get the first down, so he laterals it back to alignment. And no, they're going to say he's short. The runner was now short of the line of game. Therefore, we have a turnover on down. It'll be Miami's ball. On the road, primetime division opponent. Those are very, very valuable games. So I was happy for all the guys, really. I'm really growing to like Mike McDaniel a lot. Yeah. I mean, even just a little sprint away from the camera at halftime, like he's trying to race him, <laughs> was kind of cool. But the Dolphins, boy, they look very good so far. And I was a member of the anti on crowd, and I am a convert. The dude is just playing at an exceptionally high level. It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio on Sirius XM Channel 80. And let's be clear, the Dolphins are getting it done right now. That is brought to you by Granger. Joe, um, when I watch them on Sunday Night Football, they look like a team that is going to be at the top of an AFC that maybe, at least through a couple of weeks, is not as loaded as we made it out to be. Here is the world in which we currently live two weeks into the NFL season with two Monday night games tonight on ABC and ESPN pending. All right. Mm. This is the world we live in. Your MVP favorite in the NFL is Dolphins quarterback Tua Tungavailoa at six to one. Not Patrick oh. Mahomes, not Joe Burrow, not Lamar Jackson, not Josh Allen, not Jalen Hurts. It's Tua. Your NFL coach of the year favorite is Miami Dolphins head coach Mike McDaniel at a price of seven to one. Your NFL offensive player of the year favorite is Dolphins wide receiver Tyreek Hill at a price of six fifty. Feels like a fat finger situation right there. I was on a roll. I was not fat fingering it. In fact, I stopped that from playing. I don't know what happened there. Somebody's getting reckless on this Monday. Handman? I don't know. It wasn't me. Was it me? Well, then we got ghosts, brother. You're telling me random Mike McDaniel audio is just showing up in the middle of a dolphin rant. It probably um, isn't as random as it sounds. I'm telling you, that's what just like happened that. now. <laughs> and then finally, we're living in a world where your AFC East favorite is not the Jets, not the Bills. It's the Miami Dolphins. The Dolphins currently have the MVP favorite, the coach of the year favorite. They are the favorites to win their division, and they have the favorite to win offensive player of the year. That is a pretty impressive resume two weeks in. Oh, by the way, went to the Chargers and beat them, went to the Patriots and beat them. Carlin, you know what that means? They haven't even played at home yet. Nope. Nope. And... (laughs) They're probably a little bit annoyed about that because when does the Dolphins' real home field advantage actually come into play with an apathetic city (laughs) when it comes to that football to begin with? It's at the early in the year because, as we know, it could be 115 degrees. And by the way, South Beach is undefeated. So those are all truisms right now. And here they are at the start already playing exceptional football. I, I think their defense is decent. I think it's good enough. Van Winkle is all over the place. I didn't expect that last night out of nowhere, but I also look at the, the the Dolphins as a whole right now, and I don't know how you stop them. Joe, as I'm going into the game last night, and I'm considering my wagering options on the game, the first thing that always comes to mind with Bill Belichick is he's going to go and do his best to take away option number one. Correct. Right? Always he wants what he's to make do. you play left-handed. Exactly. What's option number one for the Dolphins? Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Clearly. You still got Jalen Waddle after that. 
So I jumped on Jalen Waddell, and he can try to stop everybody, but he can't. And it's not like Tyreek Hill had a bad game either. Like, I don't know how you beat them when they have all of these other options lined up. And then, oh, by the way, all of a sudden, they can run the ball when they need to, too. Yeah. They have a very smart head coach. Mike McDaniel came up on the Mike Shanahan coaching tree. He was under Kyle Shanahan in San Francisco. He knows how to draw up an offense. He knows how to call plays. It's it's one thing to design plays. It's another thing to call plays. Some are great play designers, but they don't call plays well. Some are great play callers, but they don't design plays well. You'll see some of this problem surface tonight with Pittsburgh's offense and offensive coordinator Matt Canada, who doesn't necessarily call a great game. Not to throw him under the bus, but be on the lookout for that tonight. He's bad. Exactly. You're a Pittsburgh fan. You know, McDaniel is a very good play designer and then also a very good play caller, knowing what plays to call when. And Miami right now looks extremely formidable. The big problem with them, and this is what should scare everybody. The big problem with them is when you talk about their downside, it's really can the quarterback stay healthy? That's it. Yep. Like, that's it. If he stays healthy, there's not a whole lot of downside there because bringing in Vic Fangio to run the defense has upgraded the biggest problem they had last year, which was the inability to get stops. They got just enough stops in the game against the Chargers because that's a high-powered offense. And that's how they're built. They can beat you in a shootout. But last night was a grind. And if you watch the point spread, Miami was damn near a three-point favorite right up until the sharp money got involved and started taking New England. Sharp money thought, no, no, no. Second game in a row on the road. Belichick against Tua. It's going to be a problem for the Dolphins. It it wasn't. It wasn't. It was a close game. It was a good competitive football game. But Miami handled their business. They covered the spread. Now they come home to play the Broncos. So they're staring 3-0 in the face. And that would mean heading to Buffalo in week four. That's a matchup right there if the Bills get right. Because if the Bills go into that with just one loss and the Dolphins hand them their second loss in four weeks, and we already know the Patriots are are a mess and the Jets are a mess with Zach Wilson, the division is going to be in stranglehold mode on behalf of the Miami Dolphins. Like We're talking about a legitimate Super Bowl team here. We really are. But what's always the biggest problem with the division is trying to figure out how to get past Belichick. They have not had that problem. Tua is 5-0 and against Belichick. Well, I think our team is 5-0 and against Bill Belichick. Um, it's never a me thing. <laughs> it's never a, a me thing. Um, and, you know, I don't think we ever look at it as, oh, we beat them once, we beat them twice, we beat them five times in a row. Uh, every, every time we, we face Coach Belichick's team, you know, it's always a challenge, and we know we're going to get their best. But... It's it's hard to play against a team like that, especially here on the road in Foxborough. You know we're we're going to take them however they come, and um, you know we'll we'll continue to to move forward on uh, whatever team that we have next. You know that's got to be tough for Belichick to have McDaniel be five and zero against him, and he's you know or is he three and zero now against him? Uh, but just to have McDaniel sitting there like you know Belichick dealing with this dork. <laughs> this Yale product. This, can't believe this freaking dork's doing this to us. <laughs> Playing video I, games and math boy beating me up. Speaking of which, since Tom Brady left, Belichick now two games under 500 in the regular season since the departure of Tom Brady. He was exactly 500 coming in this year. He's 0-2. He is two games under 500 in the years since Brady has left New England. Joe, it's going to get bad. It's going to get bad for the Patriots, and that talk is going to get louder later in the year. I'm telling you, don't rule it out that this is it for Bill. 
don't rule it out. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. On the level, uh, scale of 1 to 10, how bad was that Belichick imitation? Probably. Uh, not bad. You know what? It's a Monday. It's early. It's Zen Monday. I believe more in hyping you up than tearing you down. Six. It was a six. Wow. That's generous. It, was it generous? Because I thought as soon as I said six, I'm like, that's actually not that great a score out of ten. No, I thought I that was, was trying generous. to be generous. I, I, I myself would grade myself about a three on that. Okay, so I was best. being generous. Yeah, you were. Yeah, you're welcome. And thank you. Let's build people up around here. Well, Except for Hanman. Hanman, figure it out back there. It seems and like Zach a lot Wilson. of buttons are getting hit that shouldn't be getting hit. Hanman and Zach Wilson. <laughs> Zach, Zach Wilson took some shots early in this show. Yeah, he's he took some. Uh, Matt Canada took some out of left field. He just caught some shrapnel, and we weren't even talking about the Steelers. Maybe we should start calling Zach Wilson and Hanman the speed bump. The speed you know, <laughs> the speed bump. <laughs> speed bump of the show. That's what they are. Carlin versus Eric, Joe. Eric, we love you. We love you. Eric. We do. We're going to build you up as we just toured you down there a second ago. <laughs> While the Dolphins are taking advantage of a Wide open AFC, one Super Bowl contender season might be already done. That's next. ESPN Radio, Series 6 M, Channel 8. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And... Boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Mark Andrews, goal line, breaks the plane, touchdown Ravens! Mark Andrews, his first touchdown of the season, lobs it far side, end zone, touchdown Ravens! Nelson Aguilar, a brilliant over-the-shoulder grab, and the Ravens extend the lead again! Sky's the limit for this team, you know, all phases. We fought today how we're supposed to, you know, in a tough game, and we just did what we were supposed to do. Call that what it was. The Ravens are a team that's banged up, and they went in, and that was a fantastic win in Cincinnati for the Baltimore Ravens. And for the Bengals, we talked about this last week, 0-2 in the division. Joe, I'm going to go out on a limb right now. Bengals are done. Bengals are done. Uh, uh, all right, that's not, that's not much. I mean, as far as making the playoffs this year, Joe, there has been one team that made the playoffs uh, – since they've gone to seven teams in in the playoffs the last couple of years since 2020, and that was the Bengals last year. They're not doing that again, and the biggest problem 
is that their quarterback is not healthy. This is Joe Burrow right after the game. We're going to have to wait and see. Uh, I'm not sure how it's going to feel the next couple days. Pretty sore right now, but no, no telling how it's going to feel. So I think we're going to take it day how by day. Did, how did you tweak it? It was, on the, it was on the play before the last touchdown. He tweaked it late in the game. Joe, they just handed him $219 million guaranteed. There is no need for him to be on the field right now. And I'm not saying you pack in the season. What I'm saying is, prior to this, one of the cheapest organizations in the league that handed him all that money to be their prized possession for the next six years, whatever it is, five years, they previously, the highest guaranteed amount they had ever given a player was $31 million. Whoa. There is no need for the Cincinnati Bengals to run Joe Burrow out there when he has a tweaked calf, and we know what a tweaked calf can lead to. That can lead to a snapped Achilles if you keep playing on it. Okay. Okay. So this is a relatively strong position you are taking at the current moment. You believe Burrow should be sat and that the Bengals are toast this year. Do I have all that correct? Well, when I say toast, they're not making the playoffs. They're not going to be a horrible team. Right. But they're not making the playoffs again after they start the year 0-2, and they are now 0-2 in their division. I, so no tanking for Caleb Williams? No, of course, of course not. <laughs> of course not. Part of you See, thought you I had to address that I'm, seriously. Yeah. Part, of, part of you was really about to address that. What I am uh, learning about you is i got to really be on my toes because you will just slide it right in there. What about Johnny Manziel? What? <laughs> that was a good one last week. It was. You know, it was literally Manziel. because you saw me sit back in my chair and think, you know what? i got to get him on edge. <laughs> Let's make him real uncomfortable. And that's yeah. not hard to do with you. No, so, it's not. No, here, it's here, we, not. here we go. The next three weeks are all very winnable for Cincinnati. They're in a bad spot right now. They're 0-2, and they've lost two divisional games. You, can't, you literally cannot have a worse start outside of just losing all your key players due to injury. Just from a, a strategic standpoint, 0-2, worst possible record, and against two divisional opponents, that's a bad spot for Cincinnati. So now let's look ahead. You got the Rams this week at home. Yep. Winnable. But they are more formidable than, 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 as you mentioned at the beginning of the show, than we originally gave them credit for. They, they fight. After that, you're at the Titans, that's winnable. You're at the Cardinals, that's winnable. You're hosting the Seahawks, winnable. They look pretty good yesterday. And then you're at the Niners, Bills, Texans, blah, 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 blah. So this right here is the stretch, this four-week stretch. Rams, Titans, Cardinals, Seahawks, this is the stretch that's going to define your season. Because if you don't rip off at least three wins to be 3-3 three and three by the Niner game, you're pretty much toast. Which is sad, because as bad of a start as this has been, the AFC no longer looks as terrifying as we all made it out to be before the season started. You go to the AFC West, the Chiefs are 1-1, one one, struggled a little bit yesterday to get by Jacksonville. Nobody else in the AFC West is scary. The Raiders aren't scaring anyone. The Chargers aren't scaring anyone. The Broncos are a mess as well. The Jags are 1-1. One one. The rest of that division, Colts, Titans, Texans, I don't see them competing for a playoff spot. Pittsburgh could be 0-2 after tonight. The Browns could be 2-0, Ravens 2-0. All right, that's scary. Dolphins look good. Jets don't have Rodgers. They're probably not going to the playoffs. Bills 1-1, Patriots out of it. So for seven playoff spots, it's not as bad as you think with an 0-2 start. 
But these next four games, you got to win a minimum of three. And even three and three isn't a great spot to be in if Baltimore or Cleveland plans on running away with this thing. So you're suggesting that they rest Burrow until he's ready to come back. I mean, how long do you think that could end up being? I think it could be a few weeks. And I, I don't want it to be a situation where he's still feeling it. Now, earlier this year, a few weeks ago, uh, during the tra- during training camp, after he got hurt, Canty started talking about this when we were doing shows together. And he said, I had this injury. I had the calf injury. I missed six, seven games. And the reason he did, he had some complications from it. It sounds like a tweak is somewhat of a complication. We don't need to see this be a bigger thing. And even to your point, as you're talking about that stretch in the next four games, let's say they get three, they get to three and three. What about after that? San Francisco, Buffalo, Pittsburgh twice, Jacksonville, Kansas City, Cleveland again, who they've already lost to, a road trip to Baltimore. They're not finding their way to nine and ten wins this year. That's not in the cards for them. So why? It's not tank, but it's why put your centerpiece of your organization out there for risk of greater harm. Why? I I just think it is you have to be somewhat realistic about where you are. And if you're running him out there against the Tennessee Titans at one and two, and you, God forbid, have that injury happen, you're going to feel pretty crummy about it. Man, it, just feels like punt, all that it feels like punting on the season. I'm not saying you're wrong. It just feels like punting on the season. Because if you would lose, if you don't start him this week and you lose to the Rams and you're 0-3, no matter how you navigate the next few, like you said, you're going to have that wall where you run into San Francisco and Buffalo. You could lose both of those. And then, you know, you still have another go-round with the Ravens. You still have another go-round with Cleveland. You got two with Pittsburgh. This season could get away from them in a hurry in an absolute hurry, and to think with the rest of the AFC not necessarily up to snuff like we thought they would be, them punting on the season. I'm telling you, I'm looking for odds on them to miss the playoffs. They're not posted right now. Yeah. The Burrow injury is obviously clearly alarming to the bookmakers, so they're not going to give us an opportunity to bet against them, but I think you're on to something, because even if you do navigate the next few games well, you're going to run into another wall. Canty, so Canty said he had that injury, and it was six weeks, was that, yeah. and that was during the season. He actually Burrow, missed seven games. He missed seven games. So Burrow had this injury in camp, and they basically had him out. I mean, it's been, what, seven weeks since then, but now he's tweaked it. So you got to figure that's just a, a major setback here. Yeah, well, Canty and, and Canty's was a setback as well. I don't know if it was a tweak. I don't remember specifically what it was. But you think about that, it's a long time. It's a, And it's a much different position. And I, I hate to just point to the recent problems, but Aaron Rodgers had a calf issue. Back in OTAs, and what happened? Tore his Achilles. So here we are, and here's the other thing, Joe. That city, for the first time in how long, feels like they've got their guy. You cannot afford to put that city through the ringer again. Mm. You can't, and, and I think that would be an incredibly understanding fan base if you're not going to run him out there this season with the possibility of getting him hurt. Do you think the Rodgers situation in New York is something that is in is in front of mind for the decision makers if, if in I'm, Cincinnati? If I'm the Bengals, I sure as heck am not ignoring it. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't do it. 
Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Bears had the number one pick. They gave up that chance at Bryce Young. How do they feel about that today? Oof. It's on the way next. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Mayfield takes a low snap. Looks up field. Throws a fade route toward the sideline. Toward the end zone. Caught ball! Caught ball! Touchdown Tampa Bay! Mike Evans with another huge grab! When we grow in this offense, continue to get better and better, we're going to be able to do whatever we want. I think we have a long way to go. But um, you know, if we keep working, we'll get there. You know, I think everybody has to keep that mindset. You know, I, I think in this position, you know, it's you can do one or two things, and that's either lay down and just kind of throw in the towel and you know, say whatever. I hate, I'm not going to use the word flip-flopping. I hate getting talked out of my own take or, or convinced out of my own take within the span of a week. We're close. We're close on Justin Fields because holy crap, how many sacks can we take here? It's Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. Apparently the answer to that is six. And Joe, this is the number that is so freaking alarming about it. I watched a lot of that game. When you look at Fields in the pocket, surveying the defense, it's like at times he doesn't know what he's looking at because he is holding on to the ball an average of three seconds yesterday. He had 43 dropbacks yesterday when he was given, or this season rather, when he's been given three seconds or more. 20 of those 43 were pass completions. The other 23 were either incompletions or sacks. I mean, that is a brutally alarming number for a quarterback that has to be developing by now. Now, I don't know if we want to put this on Eberflus yet. I don't know where where we want to put this, but certainly Justin Fields has got to start absorbing a lot of this blame. Put put it on everybody. This is a bad organization. Put it on everybody. Let's start with this, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it right back to you. What do the Bears do well? They run Justin Fields well. <laughs> they run Justin Fields well. Okay, so there's an element to their offensive approach that they do 
well. They run Justin Fields well. Offensively, they're averaging 18 and a half points per game. This yeah. was supposed to be the strength of the team. They were yep. a team that could score last year. They don't play they defense were, great, that's for sure. A team that was building up their offensive line. They had brought in Chase Claypool through a trade last year. They bring in DJ Moore through the trade where they move back from the number one overall pick. The offense was supposed to be able to score. That was supposed to be their strength. They're averaging 18 points per game. They turn the ball over like crazy. The quarterback is completing 60% of his passes. They're not a good offense right now. So let's look at the defensive side of the ball. We knew they were going to be a problem. They continue to be a problem. They don't strike me as well coached. They don't strike me as well prepared. Offensively, they're not good. Defensively, they're not good. I have no idea if the special teams stack up well against anybody else, but it's not like they're surprising us. Devin Hester's not walking through that door to bail you out of games like he did back in the day. Right now, you're minus four in turnover differential through two weeks. There's only one team that has a worse turnover differential than you. It's the Minnesota Vikings. They're also in your division. They're also 0-2. Keep in mind, this is a Bears team that at quarterback with Justin Fields, he was 20-1 to to win the MVP award this year. 20-1. to That's where he opened the season at. Better than Tua Tungavailoa. Better than Tua. He had better odds. Those odds have obviously plummeted since. This was a team that a lot of people thought, yep, over seven and a half wins. Yep, maybe they can win the division. Maybe they can make some noise. They're terrible. They've lost 12 straight games dating back to last year. They've given up 25 or more points in every single one of those games. This is one of the worst teams in the NFL. And it's really disappointing, especially for the fans in Chicago, because this was supposed to be the year that Fields took another step, that the Bears took another step, and that they finally showed you they were on the right track. Someone sent me a text. I got to look this up. If you put Mitch Trubisky's first, however many games Fields has played, if you take those games versus Trubisky's first, I don't know, 40 games, whatever it is, Trubisky's got way better numbers. Numbers. And he's got playoff wins. Ugh. Like he's got, I don't know if he has playoff wins. He has playoff appearances though. Like Fields is performing worse than Trubisky and Trubisky was a laughing stock in the eyes of everyone. No one, no one supported Mitchell Trubisky. No. Yet Justin Fields continues to get the support. Why is that? I, I think it's because Justin Fields is a, a young athletic quarterback who rushed for a, for a thousand yards last year and at times throws darts and looks like he's so locked in and can deliver the football but then you watch games like yesterday and there are guys running open downfield and he's just not seeing it is it one progression and then they need to run him because he doesn't look like he has any clue of what he's looking at and it's not like Todd Bowles defense is something that is terribly confusing he's a good defensive coordinator but I don't look at it and say, I can't figure out what they're doing. No, that shouldn't be it. So where do we put the blame here? And how, more importantly, here here's some bigger issues that you really need to start to ask. Like if we're going to put the blame toward Fields, uh, or rather toward Eberflus and Ryan Poles and everybody there, well, what do you do this year if you truly are one of these horrible teams and you've got a top draft pick? Do you think about a quarterback? Because now is when you would decide whether or not you're going to pay fields, which we're not heading in that direction right now. And then if I'm the McCaskies, do I let these guys decide who that quarterback's going to be? Because that's what I just did. And I might be getting rid of them in a year. 
It's, it's bad all the way around. Okay, so I'm going to get to that in just a second. I want to go back to where I was. I found the numbers here. So this okay. was going into Sunday's start. It does not include that disastrous performance from Justin Fields. Mitchell Trubisky's first 26 career starts versus Justin Fields' first 26 career starts. You ready? Yeah. Trubisky completed 63% of his passes. Fields completed 60%. Mitch threw for 5,400 yards. Fields threw for 4,200 Mitch's TD to INT was 31 to 19. Fields is 25 to 21. Fewer TDs, more interceptions. The INT percentage, Mitch was 2.5%, Fields 3.4. How many sacks taken? First 26 starts, Mitch took 55 sacks, Fields took 93. (laughs) Quarterback rating through 26 starts, Mitchell Trubisky 87.7, Fields 80.5. Like, that's what you're dealing with. He has performed far worse than Mitchell Trubisky, and yet we laughed at Trubisky, but we're still wondering what we're going to do with Fields. It's not all his fault. They didn't put a good team around him, but here's my prediction for how this is going to play out. Very soon, this Bear front office and coaching staff is going to start getting the message out there that Fields isn't their guy. They didn't draft him. They inherited him. Remember, Ryan Pace, the former general manager, and Matt Nagy, the former head coach, in a last-ditch effort to save their job when they were lame ducks in the final years of their contract, traded up to draft Justin Fields to try to convince the Bears organization, we now have a rookie, give us time to develop him. That year was a disaster. They fired both guys and brought in Eberflus and the new GM. Now that this is going south with Fields, they're going to need to go in new self-preservation mode fields is going to get hung out to dry as a member of the previous regime they need to go ahead and draft their own guy so they can really move this in the right direction i'm calling you heard it here first that's how it's going to play out in chicago so what you're asking then is for whoever that guy is that young quarterback that you want him to bring in has got to walk in the door and be great immediately or, or at least be very good. Just show show competence. Show competence because you'll be able to say, look, we need time. Give us a few years because he's young. Just like what happened with the previous regime, they're going to want time to develop the new guy. The other part that was bothersome for me is watching Fields, not just struggling with decision-making, but going through that process, and then you can tell he is thinking too much about not being the running quarterback. And he didn't want to take off because he still wants to show he can throw the ball. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.